Are you ready to take action to attain the lifestyle of your dreams? It's a great way to make a lot of money fast, fast, fast. Hey, welcome back to the Clever Investor Show. I'm your lucky host, Cody Sperber, the original Clever Investor. And today I got one of my heroes, my idols, my mentors, somebody that actually got me into the real estate game, believe it or not, and probably tens of millions of others. He is the author of the number one best-selling financial literacy book of all times. Over 41 million copies sold, translated into over 51 different languages. We got Mr. Robert Kiyosaki on the show. I'm impressed, honored, and thank you. Yes, I'm, I'm honored to have you on here. You know, you've, uh, you've changed my life. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm, you're telling me your, your structure on your building here. I'm going, man, that's sophisticated stuff you're doing. Yeah, you know, I bought this building last year for the tax benefits. Right. Because I read your book. Because I read this book. This book. This book changed so many people's lives because for the first time in my life, I had never heard of assets and liabilities. I, had ne- I think this is probably single-handedly responsible for getting more people into real estate than any other book out there. Right. And you've authored well over 27 books. You're not even sleeping right now. You're still writing books. Well, because the world keeps changing and I keep writing, you know, to keep up with that change. Yeah. And, and uh, I read your, your last book, The Capitalist Manifesto. Right, that's- yep. That's here too. Loved that. Great book. Um, I want to talk about that and open that up because look, I, I wanted you on the show. Uh, the economy is a hot mess. You've probably been one of the most outspoken, outspoken advocates for trying to get us back on track. At least in some, you know, trying well, I, to educate I, people. I think it's to protect yourself from what's coming. That's the thing. You know, it's, uh, I just cannot believe this guy Biden. I mean, he's a criminal. He's a criminal. What he's, you know, his very first act, the very first day, was to cancel the um, Keystone XL pipeline. And I'm in the oil business also, so I was selling. I, I don't own. I don't know stocks. I don't like paper. I like tangibles. So uh, the day he took the pipeline, he canceled it. And some executive. This is first day. His first move. I knew what he was up to immediately. So, because I went, my business is oil, and I went to school for oil. I, I drove tankers for Standard Oil, and so I understand the oil business. And you know, oil is the lifeblood of civilization. So, the moment he cut that pipeline, I'm selling oil at thirty dollars a barrel. The next day was a hundred thirty dollars a barrel. So, the good news is I'm getting extremely rich, but he's crushing the middle class. And by crushing the middle class, we, we come to a two-class society, rich and poor. And that's the basis of revolution. Mm. I, know what he's, I know what he's up to. He's going to crush this country. That SOB and pisses me off. This gap between rich and poor um, is really sad because there's a lot of people that have, like myself, who've already made a significant amount of Gains. I made a lot of wealth. I own a lot of real estate. I've, I've focused a lot of my time for the last 18 years building this financial wall around me. I'm lucky. 
There's a lot of people that have made it. The ones that haven't, it's getting harder and harder for them to ever catch up. What, what, what would you say to somebody who is maybe just getting started? Is there hope for them? Of course, you know, when, when something goes up, something, you know, something goes down, something comes up and all this. But um, let me stay on this guy, Biden. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, Trump is my friend. This is my, he and I have written two books together. And uh, you get to know a guy fairly well after two books. And he's a great man. I know people hate him and he says things he shouldn't say. But what the Jordan Peterson said, you think tough men are dangerous? See the damage a weak man can do? So how do you protect yourself now? That's really the thing. And I wrote this book here too. Um, it's called Who Stole My Pension? And what's the moment inflation goes up, he raises, he raises interest rates, raises inflation, the stock market comes down. So the bad, let's talk, we, we, okay, we'll talk about bad news. We have a three times crash coming up. And the three times crash is we have stocks and bonds as one class. Real estate's coming down. So the homeowner who is not, you know, who's, whose house they bought for, let's say a million, is probably going to come down. So it's stocks and bonds, real estate. But what else is coming down is this. Mm. They're going to print so much of this, they're going to destroy the dollar. So that's why it's called the three times, because people hear this. If you're aware of this, you can decide what you're going to do. All right, I've already decided a long time ago, years ago, I decided. But this is trash right now. So Robert's holding up a $1 bill right now for everybody just listening to this. You know, the currency crash that's coming because they're overprinting. Well, it's more than that is that the, um, you've heard of the BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. The second thing that Biden did was he withdrew from Afghanistan. The moment he did that, his, it's not what he says, it's what he's doing. He withdrew from Afghanistan, screwed everybody, left billions of dollars behind for the enemy to use against us. And I'm going, holy mackerel. And that day, Saudi Arabia joined the BRICS, joined Russia. Saudi Arabia was our main people, main guys keeping this strong. You see, this is the petrodollar. And what happened in 74 when I was getting out of the Marine Corps uh, Kissinger went to Saudi Arabia and said, you will sell your oil in dollars. So as long as the world had to trade in dollars, then the dollar was strong. So by taking us up, second act, taking us out of Afghanistan, at that moment, Saudi Arabia said adios and joined Russia. So today the BRICS is now Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, Saudi Arabia. And then you have the Chinese who hate us also, and they're starting the Belt and Road Project. They've already introduced the Chinese yuan, gold back, you know, uh, it's the crypto. And so China's planning to do, the BRICS are going to do is Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, Saudi Arabia, is 60% of the world's population will dump this. And that's why I say the three, the three times crash, num number, number one is going to be stocks and bonds because interest rates go up. 
is going to wipe out these guys, my generation, who have 401ks, the worst thing you can ever do. You know, it's just terrible what they're doing. And then the second is real estate. So the homeowner, you know, my generation, they bought their home and they, they say they bought it at a million. And they're upside down in the, in the you know, the debt, debt to equity structure and financing. And the third is this thing. So that's why, you know, I was asking you permission. Can I tell you what I know? Because this is what I know, you know, I have. So we have this financial crisis. It's looming. What are things that you're thinking about? Because with every downside, there's an upside. Someone's get. It's like the way I think about it, it's a zero-sum economy. Money never leaves the ecosystem. It just moves and changes hands. So where's the power going? Where's the money going? Well, let me explain, because I'm a lot older than you. This here is a 1964 silver dollar. It's real silver. What happened in 1964, I think it was Johnson, one of those guys, he, he took the silver out of this coin. So this silver dollar today is worth $10. And I tell the story of going into Safeway at the salad bar, and these women were asking me the same question, what should I invest in? And I said, well, give me $10 for this. They go, it's a half dollar. Why would I give you $10 for this? I said, because this could be the best investment of all. I've been collecting silver since I was 17 years old. I own silver mines and I own gold mines. So when the dollar goes down, gold and silver go up. What is, how do you end up owning a mine? What's that? How do you end up owning like a silver mine or a gold mine? Look, I, I'm, a, I'm a student. You know, yeah. I've, I've taken, um, I took my, my first gold mine I took public was out of China, Dalian, China. And I took it public on the Toronto Stock Exchange. And so we put about 27 million into it and we struck gold. And I think we, so for about a year, I was a billionaire. We had so much gold in this mine. And the reason, uh, you know, you can't trust the Chinese. I'm Japanese, not Chinese. I'm not being a racist. But they took my mine. They nationalized my mine. So there's a thing in my world called country risk. So there's certain countries you can trust and certain countries you can't trust. And right now, you, you look at Biden, his son, Hunter, he was doing business with China, Russia, and Ukraine. Where are we at war right now? You know, and my biggest concern is this Ukraine-Russia war will go to a world war. And, you know, I fought in Vietnam twice. And uh, I don't like what I see happening. So I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little pessimistic. But when I talk to those women at the Safeway lunch counter, because they could all afford a silver dollar, you know, they can all afford this thing. And they said, they want to hold on to this. You know, you know what I'm saying? They cannot change their mindset. That's the problem. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand that the, they're that that they understand. They don't understand. They, do, they they love this stuff. They work for this. They save this, yeah. you know. And when I said to them, "Give me ten dollars for this," they went nuts. 
Yeah, because um, they don't understand what to do with it. No, they don't understand value. It's like real estate, you know, like, you know, you know, I own a lot of real estate, lots of real estate, but I understand, you have to understand the value before you buy it, right? What you've done here, you know, the tax advantages, all that stuff, you've already wiped out your taxes before, because that's why I love real estate. I don't touch stocks and bonds, but that's going to crash now. And my generation, the boomer generation, is the first boomer, the first generation that's 100% in the stock market. They own, you know, stocks, bonds, mutual funds. They have 401ks, IRAs. And that's why I wrote this book in 2020. I said, you got, you can get wiped out. And the reason I know that is because, you know, I was a pilot for the Marine Corps. And when we got out, my classmates became pilots for the like United Airlines, Hawaiian Airlines, and all that. And what they did was they took their pensions. They took their pensions. And nobody says anything about it. You know, you don't read the news, you hear about the Kardashians or something, but you don't hear about how they're stealing our wealth. So my my friends who are my age now don't have pensions because they took the pension from the pilots. This is why I love real estate. Yeah, well, you, you control it. It, it. I can I feel more control. That's correct. That's it, that's yeah. you see, that's financial education. You control the asset. I don't trust stocks, bonds, and mutual funds because even Warren Buffett said he doesn't trust the CEOs. They lie. You know, just recently he said they're lying. They're lying on the debt structures and all this. Well, you look at Wall Street, you look at that whole structure, you know, they get paid to steal your, you know, to, to commit crimes. They get paid in massive bonuses after they steal trillions of dollars. It's, it's pretty insane what they're able to get away with, with never going to jail, never getting in trouble. And this thing here is real silver. You know, it's a silver buffalo. It's 99% pure or something like this. They just find, I think it was J.P. Morgan, $92 million for manipulating the price. Nobody says anything. They manipulated the price. Do they care? $92 million is a drop in the bucket when they're making billions playing games with the price. Do you know? So that's why I like... I, uh, I agree 100% with you. I like real estate because I control it. I like my business because I control it. I get the tax breaks. I do the debt structures. I'm a control freak. You know, as a pilot, I don't want to ride the back of the plane. I want to drive the plane. So that's what you're doing. And that's what you're teaching all your uh, listeners. Yeah. But the problem is, is this time it's gotten worse. And so that's why I'm saying... I keep saying to people, this costs about 35 bucks. You know, and when I was younger, this was 50 bucks. So this is the most underpriced thing. And now with the SUV, with the EVs, solar systems, panels, and all this, this I estimate is probably going to $100. So when I was talking to those women at Safeway, the salad bars, that give me $10 for this, they went, They'd rather have this. So let's let's kind of step back a little bit. How can you explain how the fractional reserve system, taxes and inflation, screw over the little guy? Well, that's that's a pretty sophisticated subject, man. So the fractional reserve system is called hypothecation. Hypothecation means <clears throat> could you imagine if you could sell this business this building ten times? 
I mean, how wonderful would that be? Yeah, that's hypothecation. Yeah. So you're selling a building you don't own. So the fractional reserve system is they're selling something they don't own. The same as a silver market, you know, they 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 can they can sell. I mean, this is the COMEX, the the whole the big, the Wall Street of silver. They can sell, I think, for forty two more forty two times more silver than they have. So the fraction reserve system is so you go to the bank and you put $10 in, they'll lend out 100 as a fractional reserve of 10. So this whole system is built on, you call it leverage, but it's also hypothecation, which means there's nothing there. <laughs> well, you feel it. If you've ever tried to go to a bank and just uh, take out $200,000, they don't have, there's no money in the banks. They, they can't do it. They all oh, come back in a month and we'll order the money. Oh, you and mean the cash? The cash, yeah. Oh, yeah like yeah. it doesn't exist. It's not like sitting in the bank, just hanging out there. On, on top of that, you're tracked. Do you know what I mean? If you order that much money, I, I think over. I think the number is ten. Ten thousand. Yeah, if you go over yeah. ten, your name's on the list. But when they go to the Fed coin, which is coming this next year or next year, because Biden just announced Executive Order uh, EO one one four zero six seven. US, the U.S. dollars can become crypto, and then they can track everything you do. Your privacy is gone. And we're screwed. Social credit scores, all the stuff we kind of look at China and kind of go, oh, how could they? You think it's coming here? It's already here. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm doing my best to, you know, I've been preparing all the time. I, I said this thing here, Rich Dad's Prophecy, this was 2013. And I said, the biggest crash in stock market history is still coming. It's here now. And so that's why it's called the three times crash. First, stocks and bonds, they're going to get wiped. Second, real estate. Third, cash is going. Yep. This will go, this will purchase nothing. Well, so that's why I asked you about uh, the fractional reserve system because it's, it's the basis of the beginning of that becoming yes, valueless, yes, yes. coming off of the gold standard going to a debt system. And then, you know, you got taxes and inflation. It's worse than that. When this goes down, the pensions for the boomers, who's going to bail them out? The Fed, they're going to print more. So we go to hyperinflation. Then. And this becomes trash. This is toilet Which paper. forces everybody over to this new Fed coin? Is that like the big plan? Like control the, control the votes, control the power, force everybody into this new currency you th you think that's what's happening? It's, it is happening, yes. Mm. And I'm, uh, you know, I own Bitcoin and all the other stuff. But right yesterday, I bought another thousand of of these things. The coins, silver coins. And the reason for that is gold and silver are God's money, and I, I say it's God's money because God put it here. I, like I said, I own silver mines and gold mines also. I took my gold mine public in July of last year on the New York Stock Exchange. So I'm making. I'm making fortunes. It's just like my oil wells. <laughs> when Biden took the Keystone XL pipeline off, I was selling oil at $30 a barrel, went to 130. I think today it's around 80. So what that means is when mom and pop average are standing at the gas pump, pumping you know gas into their SUV, they're watching this ticker going around. I'm getting richer, they're getting poor, then they can't eat. 
So as I said, I think what Biden is up to is he's going to take it to two classes, rich or poor. So what you're doing with the clever investor, you want people to come over to the rich, but you've got to know what you're doing in real estate. In stocks, you can be a freaking idiot. Just buy anything. It's okay. You know, you're just gambling anyway because you have no control over it. What you're really teaching, I've watched your stuff, you're teaching control. Mm. But that takes time, money, effort, and education. Yeah. What well, you've done here, I was when I was walking by the way, I was walking in, I was going, holy miracle, this guy went down the road farther than me. You're you're very sophisticated. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, it started reading your book and then really like that light bulb going off, like kind of like, okay, I'm not even playing the money game. Like I gotta get in the game because just earning income, I was just getting taxed. Now, and that's why I asked you about taxes and inflation, because it's like we're going backwards much faster than any raises or being able to move forward. So it's like, okay, how do I get in the game? And the first blueprint I ever even got exposed to was this concept of limit liabilities, own assets. So simple, right? But I had never heard it. Never in school, never from my dad, never from anybody. And I couldn't believe I never, I mean, let me back up a little, give my dad some credit. He's the one who bought me this book. So, you know, he was smart enough to go, hey, something's in here that you need to know. Um, and and uh, I think I told you this when you spoke at Clever Summit. Um, uh, I threw that. I was in the Navy at the time when I first got this book. I threw it in my rack. I didn't touch it for months. I'm out in the Persian Gulf doing five-knot circles, firing missiles, um, Tomahawk missiles into Iraq during Desert Fox. And uh, I'm bored. And I pull this, I pull this book out of my rack thinking I'll skim through it. I read it cover to cover in one reading, took me whatever, five, six hours. I couldn't put it down. Man, thank you. It changed my life. And that's why I started this with, you have no idea the impact you, well, you probably do because people come up to you all the time, but the impact you made, I single-handedly believe that you created more real estate investors than anybody else in human history. And I just picked the ball up and said, you know what, real estate changed my life because of leverage, tax benefits. I can control it. I can put my hands around it. I can modify it quickly. So like if, like I was a single family guy for a long time, I'm doing a lot more multifamily and Airbnbs and hotels and apartments and stuff. But um, it's fun too, isn't it? It's fun. It's a great business to be in. The people are amazing. It's challenging, but very rewarding. And it set me free. And so uh, changed my life. So I was like, you know what? I got to share this with more people. So we're really just picking up the ball from where you I took appreciate it that. and just continuing to run. And it's interesting now because now technology is changing the game pretty hardcore, artificial intelligence coming out. What are your thoughts on some of this newer tech? Do you, have you gone down the AI rabbit hole or? No, I, I, I don't. That's, that's why I, um, I just stay with gold and silver right now. You know, because I told you when when I took my company, my gold mine in China public, and they took it from me. I said I don't trust them. I don't, you know, I don't trust my own government. Number one, because when I was in Vietnam, I realized <clears throat> our government lies to us big time. You know, the fake news that was I I, I found that out in Vietnam. You know, I'd be we'd be pounding the heck out of the North Vietnamese and all this, and then the we'd watch it on the you know, Walter Cronkite evening news, and we'd be, the pilots would be going, that didn't happen, that didn't happen, that didn't happen. 
So with the fake news, I knew a long time ago, and that's why, you know, Trump calls it fake. And I wrote this book here, fake. It's literally called fake. <laughs> fake, fake, uh, fake money, fake teachers, and fake assets. The stocks are not assets; they're liabilities to me because you have no control over them. But you and I are control freaks. That's the difference. So it's not as easy as it looks, but it's but control is better than being stupid. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, when you were getting ready to read this, or write this, um, were you just sitting there looking around thinking to yourself, I got, like, how do people not understand this stuff? I got to get this out of my head and out into the world? Or was, like, did this happen by accident? Like, what's the story behind writing this book? No, no, I mean, it's like I said, this was 1964. 1964, I was 17 years old, and uh, I was a caddy because my poor dad didn't give me any money. <clears throat> and I got some quarters. And in 64, I said, some quarters were silver and some sil- some quarters were copper. I went, what's going on? That's Gresham's Law. Gresham's Law says bad money drives good money into hiding. But I, didn't, I said, I think they're playing games with me. So that was 17. And there it snowballed in because I said, I don't trust my own government by then. And the more I got into it down the rabbit hole, as you say, I mean, this it's not an accident. There's no financial education in schools. It's not an accident. See, at 17, I went to the U.S. Merch Marine Academy where I studied oil to drive oil tankers. And we had to read the Communist Manifesto. And this book's only 40. What do you, what do you mean you had to read it? Our economics teacher. My economics teacher was a... West, I was Kings Point. He went to West Point. There's five federal academies, West Point, Kings Point, Naval Academy, Air Force, and Coast Guard. So I, was, I, was, I got a congressional uh, appointment from Senator Daniel K. Inouye from Hawaii, and he was a Medal of Honor winner during the World War II. And uh, because after the Japanese Pearl Harbor, my, you know, we, were, we were not appreciated. So my uncles on my father's side and my mother's side joined the 442nd Infantry Battalion, and they're today the highest decorated infantry battalion in U.S. history. They had something to prove. You know, they, they wanted to prove they were patriots. So I had five uncles fight in Europe and two uncles fight against the Japanese. And, um, you know... My relatives who lived in California were put in concentration camps. People don't know that. And they had everything taken. So when the blacks talk about reparations, well, what about the Japanese? Do you know what I mean? Our education system is sorely lacking. (laughs) You know, taught by by Marxists. So I, re- I read Communist Manifesto in 65, I'm, I'm 18 years old, and I realized that most school teachers are Marxists. You know, they believe in tax the rich. You know what, you know what uh, Marx's number one rule was? Abolition of private property. And so that, that's why he's against us. And so my father always said, we should tax the rich, you know, that, the, my my rich dad was my best friend's father. He owned a lot of property. He says, your, your friend's father is a crook. He he's exploits people. You know, because we rented. We didn't have any money. He's a school teacher. He's a professor. 
So I saw that in, in 65 and coming home from school in New York and going, Jesus, our whole school system's Marxist. And it still is. And I don't even saw in, <clears throat> I was at Arizona State a couple, couple of weeks ago. I taught Arizona State the Barrett Honors Program. I taught them what I knew all summer long. And so Barrett said, well, let's, let's have a big program at Gamage, you know, Arizona State. Mm -hmm. So we had, we had uh, my doctor, uh, Gopalan, who is a, he's a doctor of acupuncture and a doctor of cardiac surgery, heart transplant guy. So he's East and West medicine. I, so he was health, I was wealth, and Dennis Prager of Prager University was happiness. Because, you know, Prager taught me how to be happy. You know, being happy is very important. So it was called Health, Wealth, and Happiness. The students were all happy. The prof 37 professors came after us. Can you imagine that? At ASU? Yeah, it just happened. Uh, February 8th. They attacked us. They shut, they're trying to shut us down. Look, professors are freaking communists, but they don't know it. They never read the Communist Manifesto. If they read that book, you know, it's like people read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. They know they're communists. My abolition of private property, number one. Tax, you know, a progressive income tax is essential for the um, spread of communism. And we're trying to dodge taxes, right? But they want us to get more tax. And the biggest one was Stalin, who said, um, it's not who votes that counts, it's who counts the vote. Yeah. And look at, you know, Carrie Lake is still fighting. She's running for governor, good friend of mine. <clears throat> they still haven't counted the votes. I feel like 2020 was that big power move yes, year exactly. where it just like they finally got it. So many of our listeners reach out and they ask us how they can get involved in my actual real estate deals. Our investment firm specializes in finding deeply discounted properties, acquiring them, renovating, stabilizing both single family and multifamily properties all over the United States. That's why we're so excited to share with you clevercapitalfund.com. Now, if you have some investment capital and you want to deploy it and receive double digit returns back by real estate, then visit our website and see which fund is right for you. We have both equity funds and we have debt funds where you just get paid out every month like clockwork. All you got to do is visit www.clevercapitalfund.com today to learn more. So that's why when I was at Gamage and Arizona State University, one of the largest colleges in America, I said to all the teachers that held the Communist Manifest, and I said, you should read this book, commies, because I'm a U.S. Marine. I killed a lot of them. I should have come home. <laughs> And I, I came home from Vietnam. I got spit on, hit with eggs. You know, because called, you went to Vietnam twice. I'm yeah. a U.S. Marine. Yeah, how many people I've killed? Any idea? No, tell me. We didn't kill enough of them, obviously. <laughs> so I hold on. Do you ever? Do you ever? Uh, you know, in all seriousness, I'm interested in this. Generally, I mean, uh, really interested in this. Like when you go to war and you have to do stuff like that. Obviously, it changes you. It changes you big time. Do you have PTSD around that? No? I know guys who did. Yeah. But they did things that they shouldn't have done. I never did anything that was outside the limits of the rules of war, the rules of engagement. But some guys were asked to do things they shouldn't have done. Like, you know, one, <clears throat> the, the thing about being a pilot, you don't see the death. 
You just see the destruction. That's kind of how I felt when when I was in the Navy and we would fire these yeah. these missiles. They would just go over the horizon. Boom. I never knew what was happening on the other end of it. Um. So here, so you you were saying a lot of the teachers are communists. I feel like we've been successfully they've moved to socialism, like a mindset of socialism in, in be, the U.S. Have you read Communist Manifesto? Yeah. You have? No, I read parts of it. I haven't read the whole thing. It's it's kind of hard for me to read, to be honest with you. Me too. Yeah. I flunked out of high school because I can't read and write. Well, you wrote enough. <laughs> you read no, and wrote it's, enough it's books. No, it's not that I... It's not that I couldn't read or write. The teacher didn't like what I was writing. The same thing here. This Rich Dad Poor Dad was turned down by every publisher. You know, they, on the rejection notice, I'd say, when it comes to money, you don't know what you're talking about. Because everything I said goes against what Wall Street wants them to learn. So if you were in charge right now, magic wand, Robert Kiyosaki is in charge. What moves would you make? Uh, that's, uh, I, I, went on a, I just talked to the average guy. I talked to the average guy. I said, you can afford silver. I mean, the, the silver coin here is 30 bucks. Well, I would tell him that too if I owned the silver mine. That's not the reason I do it. I don't need any fucking money, man. Okay. Understand, I don't need the money because it's up here. But I just know what to buy. I don't ever sell. I've never sold a piece of real estate. And you own a lot of real estate. Lots, because I use debt and I pay no taxes. When people say, why do you use, you know, REI, would you invest in REIT? No. no. But that's because, oh, I own a lot of real estate. I own REITs. When they say, I own silver, I own SLV. Those are all paper. You know, gold, this is, this is, this here is $2,000 today. It's what are you holding up right now? Yeah, gold. A gold coin. Yeah, and they but say, what well, is, is, there, is that a specific type of gold coin or how much is that worth, did you say? Well, today it's about 2,400. It with, it's 2,000 and then premium added on to it. But this, <clears throat> what's, what was I going to say? Uh, when people say I own gold, but they own GLD, that's paper, that's fake gold. When they say I own SLV, that's an ETF, fake silver. That's like I ask you, would you own an REIT? No. Nope. But that's how stupid, I mean, hey, good. We're conditioned. How stupid can a person be? They don't know what's real or fake. That's why I wrote this book here, fake money, fake teachers, fake assets. I mean, how, how many of the teachers knew what they were talking about? That were teaching us? You. <laughs> None. I mean, I felt from day one that there was a 0% chance. This is why I struggled in school. I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle in school. People that think outside the box. And I, I, one of the, my favorite questions to ask a, a potential new employee during an interview is, what web browser do you use? Do you use the one that comes with the computer or do you download extra ones? And it gives me insight, Robert, into how they think about what is given to them versus the best options out there. Because if they say, oh, I download all of them and I pick the best one that's the best suited or it has the most privacy or whatever, I go, you know what? That tells me a lot of how you think. 
you're not just being told, hey, this comes with the computer. This is the this is what you use. And I like that question because it's it's insight. And so, you know, when I thought about my teachers, I thought, God, these guys are all freaking bozos. How is it? How, why should I listen to you? I couldn't find a good reason. Also, if you ask me, like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I don't even know how to use a cell phone. But the, the difference is, is that uh, I have a team and I hire the best. I mean, business is a team sport. So there's people who, you know, I was a rugby player. That was my sport. And you can't go on a rugby field by yourself. But golfers do. So when I, somebody, when I ask somebody, what did you do? They said, well, I play golf. I know they're probably a lone wolf. But you talk to like a you know, soccer player, a rugby player, a basketball player, football player, they're team guys. So the Marine Corps, I don't... You know, we fought as teams. You know, when we flew into combat, it wasn't one aircraft by itself. And it was a whole. One of my favorite things that we ever did in the Navy is pull into Phuket, Thailand. There was an aircraft carrier, a, a an amphib, two subs, three destroyers, and a couple other like smaller ships. It was like we were invading Phuket, Thailand. It was it was insane how many people. I mean, just on an aircraft carrier, there's what, 4,000 people, 5,000 no, people? It's more than that is one battle group. There's seven aircraft carrier battle groups in America. Each one of those battle groups has more firepower than most countries, like 10 or 20 countries. Yeah. They have so much firepower. So I think you you've, I don't know if you've seen it, but I've seen it. I was calling in airstrikes and all this. Oh, yeah. And then, so the first thing that happens, the B-52 has come overhead, and I'm calling in the coordinates on the, you know, F-4 observer for them. The Air Force pounds them, 16 inches pound them. The Army goes in, then the Marine Corps goes in. That's a battle group. That's crazy. And then, this is the thing I was still pissed about, We'd watch it on the Walter Cronkite Evening News, and he showed us, he showed just the atrocities we were doing. I said, you lying sons of a bitches. Not blaming Walter Cronkite, he's a good man, but the feed, you know, was fake. Just went nuts. You know, we- That's not gonna change though. Huh? That's not gonna change. No, and that's why I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. People should listen to you and all this because they're not going to get objective news. You, you, you know, you and I talk about the same thing, take control. We're pretty open about it. But everybody else says, no, be a passive investor. REIT, SLV, GLD, mutual funds, stocks, bonds. And that's crash number one, our stocks and bonds. My generation's toast. They're going to get wiped out. The boomers, I mean, we're toast. We're the first generation with a 401k. And all they have is a house and their, you know, the stock market went up, the house went up in value, and it's about to go this way. So there's going to be bargains. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Yeah, there's bargains. You've been watching the hedge funds. It's been interesting over the last like few years as, as this big run-up has been happening. The hedge funds came in and they were buying up one 
third, one fourth of every house, maybe one fifth of every house in America. This is after 2008. Completely obliterating the middle class. And they were really targeting the older generation. And a lot of people sold out, oh, they're going to overpay for my house. What? This is crazy. And they would come in and they would, you know, pay for the you know, buy the houses out and turn us into a renter's nation. Right. And it was happening right from under our noses. People didn't even understand what was happening. And then you look at big companies, I think it was BlackRock or Blackstone, writing off trillions, never being reported on, like just the financial engineering that was happening behind the scenes. And I think they were doing that because they saw in what was happening with our currency and inflation, because inflation erodes good debt. And they had the cheapest of all debts. Right, they had the best. They could borrow the money at the cheapest rates because they were the closest to the source of the money being on Wall Street. They came in and bought all this real estate. And I just saw an article the other day that they're uh, one of the, I think it was B of A or Chase, one of them is about to ramp up and buy a, a ton more real estate again. I found that interesting. Well, because they don't have to reuse real money. Yeah, fractional reserve, as we were talking about. Yes, they just write a check, and there's, there's, there's no money there. But they control, because the way I look at it is they control the real estate, they have the power, they control the vote. Well, you control a part of life, you know, it's like- You need shelter, you need food. Yeah. So like I own uh, Wagyu cattle. And the real, like I, when, when, I, when I buy oil, I don't buy Chevron or Exxon, I buy the oil. And like I said, when, it was, when Biden came to office, went from 30 to 130, crushed the middle class. So I was watching that, so I just bought some cattle. And because food goes up. And the thing, I bought the breeding cattle. And because so what, every time the bull has sex, I get part of the deal from the offspring. So talk about a rental unit. Oh, I never knew that. So if you own- The bull. The bull. I sell the semen. I always wanted to be a Japanese breeding bull, but I never was, so I won't have that. <laughs> but, you know, it's this common sense. Yeah. I think what, what you're doing is putting common sense into people's head because they've been fed such BS at school and the stock market and financial planners and real estate agents even. Oh, don't worry. Real estate always goes up. <laughs> yeah, a lot of those agents are going out of business right now. Yeah. I was, I was at Bank of America on Camelback. And their whole loan department's gone. Yeah. Mortgage people, they're all, uh, everybody's really hurting right now. Yeah. And especially like when interest rates do something simple, like go from six to seven, right? One point move, six to seven. Historically, a 6% interest rate wasn't that bad. But because of the last few years, uh, everybody's on the sidelines right now trying to figure out what to do. Because if you look at the way, at least in real estate, the cheaper houses are getting obliterated right now and the super duper high end is kind of getting hurt. hurt. The interesting, a 1% move to somebody that's buying a $400,000 house, that extra 600 bucks a month, they can't afford it. They're totally screwed. And so they're going to be renters. This is why all these hedge funds are buying so much rental property because they know this is where inflation is going to erode the value. The interest rates are going to continue to go up. You were around back in the 80s. I mean, it was what, 12, 14, 16% interest rates at one point? Yeah, I was, I was happy to get 12% interest. Yeah. And people are losing their minds over six and a half, seven. Well, there's also differences that our debt to GDP back when I was doing that was about 
20%. Today, it's 130%. So we're going back. The U.S. is bankrupt. And that's why I think Biden is up there playing games in the Ukraine and all that. My, my biggest concern is World War III. You've seen it. I've seen it. And, uh, you know, Hunter Biden, what a piece of work he is, boy. He was, he was taking money from China, Russia, and the Ukraine. Where are we at war with? China, Russia, Ukraine. And, you know, the Trump boys are my friends. They're class acts, Don Jr. and Eric. They're just great young men. I, you know, I, I go hunting and fishing with them, camping. They're just great, solid young men. And this guy, Hunter Biden, he's on drugs with hookers. You know, <laughs> Holy man. I, I want to say the best thing, there's two things about the Trumps. Because I think he's blown his chances for president, and I'm going to still vote for him. But he, but I think they took him down with social media. You know, he's taken down. But when I was with him, I was speaking on stage at Javits Center in New York. There's probably thousands. I don't know how many people were there. And I used the term little people. And the Donald stopped me. This is before he was president. The Donald stopped me, and he said, never use the term little people. Treat them with respect. Holy mackerel. In front of thousands of people, he chews my ass off. And then I'm with Don Jr. and Eric, and we're up north uh, in north, northern New York, and we're hunting. And those guys go into the restaurant, and they go in the back to say hello to all the probably illegal immigrants. He's, they, they shake hands, say hello, talk to them, and all this. They're real gentlemen. You know, and this guy, so when I watch Hunter Biden, I go, holy mackerel. If that's the product of the father, the f- what is the father doing, you know? So it's, wow. it's just, you know, fought like father, like son, they say. So I was, I'm, I watched that and I, our country's in serious trouble. Our leadership's bad. You know, one of the purposes of this podcast is to push more people into entrepreneurship so they yes. can take back control. So what would your advice be for that new entrepreneur that's just getting started? What are some success principles or things that you would say if they were standing in front of you? Robert, I love you. I read your books. You've inspired me. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get into business. I have this idea or whatever. How would you coach them right now or mentor them? Well, it's a lesson I got when I was seven. I tell this to everybody. I was in Sunday school, which I flunked out of all just I'm so bored in school. But anyway, I'm in Sunday school, and the young Sunday school teacher, she's probably about 20, you know, and I'm, I'm about nine, eight or nine. She goes, what made the three wise men wise? And I raised my hand and says, they were rich. And she goes, what? Because I was into money as a kid, right? She goes, why do you say they were rich? I said, well, they had gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You got to be rich to have that stuff, you know? And she, because, you know, in the Christian church, love of money is the root of all evil. I go, well, maybe for you, but not for me. So she was kind of washed my mouth out then. And I said, so what made them wise? And she says, they sought the best teacher. And so I say that to everybody, you know, the YouTube today and all this, the podcasting. There's millions of teachers. Choose them wisely. You know, look for the best ones. So I, I like, not only do I like what you're saying, I came in your building now, which I'm glad I did, and you practice what you teach. You see, there's a lot of guys out there, as you know, who are real estate guys, 
who are full of it. You know, I won't mention any names, but they come on my radio program. I get into fights with them because they're giving bad advice. I won't mention his name, but this guy says, what you should do is buy an apartment building for about $20 million. And then da, 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 going, you start with a $20 million apartment. Do you know what I mean? I think I know who you're talking about. I know. We know who we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, and the reason, I I know why he does it, because I've been in this business a long time, real estate. These guys go there, they they tell you to do these things, make it sound easy, and then you can't do it. So they go, oh, by the way, I happen to have one you can invest into. Oh, by the way. Oh, by the way, I happen to have a fund. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah, of course. Well, you know, I think that was really important to me is to practice what I pre- You know, I I I wanted to be a teacher when I was a little kid. Oh, a ninth grade history teacher actually. That was like yeah. and and I don't remember the name of any of my teachers except for one. Mr. Safransky, he made an impact on me and not because of what he taught me, but by the way he treated me because I had ADD and I was bouncing off the walls and I hated <laughs> school and I was all over I I wanted to be the teacher. I wanted to run run the operation. I didn't right. care about what they were saying, but he treated me different than everybody else. He understood how to channel that energy into more positive things. And he was the first one that I wasn't in trouble all the time. It was more like, hey man, this is your superpower. Let's learn how to harness this and and really dominate with it. Well, that's a good question. I'll, I'll ask sometimes too, name the number of great teachers in your life. One. That was in in traditional school. Right. I've had lots outside, outside of it. Yeah. And that's because like that advice you just gave of seek out the best. My number one superpower is, is finding the best at whatever that is, the best marketer, the best email guy, the best operations guy, the best spiritual guy, health person, and not being scared to cut the check to get proximity. Yeah. Even if I didn't have the money, I was always trying to like, okay, can I serve my way into that circle? Can I buy my way into that circle? Like, what can I do to just get proximity? Because I knew I had to have that knowledge and just, just, you know, I wasn't trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm not smart enough to invent my own system. But my te- but I wanted to be a history teacher. And when I got out of the Navy, first move I made is I went down to San Diego State University and I talked to the history professors and I left that conversation saying, no freaking way am I going to be a history teacher. <laughs> Zero chance. First off, they don't make any money and they're all bozos. And I was like- They think they're smarter than you. They think they're smarter than everybody. And, and like you said, I just got that feeling of like, this isn't the path for me. Um, and so when I fell in love with real estate, I finally found my vehicle. Because I yeah. think it's really important that people get in the right vehicle. Find their asset they like. Yes, yeah. And so when I found real estate, changed my life. Loved it, and I went and did it very successfully. But I, I knew that I had to share it with people. Right. And when I, I wasn't. I've never wrote a book like this yet. Yet. I will. You know, I actually bought um, ten years ago. I bought the domain selfmademillionaire.com. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Good for you. Because I, my, your model of the Rich Dad series, I could envision a self-made millionaire series. Good someday. Good. You know, when it's time, I'm not ready yet. Let me let me uh, give you a compliment here. One of the reasons you're a great teacher is you acknowledge the teacher. So when I come in here, you give me the credit. Yes. And a lot of people, especially in me, they 
I have so many guys that I was there. I was there. I don't even heard of the guy. They said, I taught him. I taught Robert Kiyosaki. He doesn't know anything. I'm the real rich dad. I'm going, what? I mean, what is wrong with him? Yeah. You know what I mean? They're lying. But um, a lot of times with professors, because poor dad was a professor, they have to be the smartest. And they, can, they, have to, they have to look down upon you. And I think your greatest quality as a teacher is you give credit to other teachers. And, I, and for those of you listening in, that's, that's a sign of a great teacher because that, that means they have humility. And the problem with a lot of people who are rich or smart or whatever they are, they have to be, the, they have to be number one. You don't, you don't have to be number one, just be one of the best. Yeah, I've learned very early on that it doesn't take away from me being great to, to acknowledge other great people. And I wouldn't be here if great people didn't lock arms with me and help me along my journey. And I was in the beginning too proud in the very beginning to ask for help. I learned very quickly through failure, um, winging it is not a strategy. It's stupid to be out there just trying to learn from, I want to learn from successes too, you know, not, right. not a bunch of failures. So I, I was like, man, I, you're a, you're a great teacher. You're a great teacher. Thank you, Robert. That and means a ton coming from uh, you. Another thing, too, I, I, I walked in this building going, holy mackerel. Not only does this guy practice, I mean, he practices what he preached, but he knows what he's talking about. And when you're giving me how your tax structure and all this stuff, I'm going, I got it, you know. Yeah. But we speak the same language also. Well, I'm a, I, I, I'm a teacher, but I'm also a very voracious student. Yep. Never stop self-learning, never stop self-educating. I've read all of your books. I love oh, them. I've got them highlighted. You know, you've signed a couple for me, which I uh, have in my office. Oh, I, share, I share, people come in, Robert signed my book, check this out. You know, so uh, I always thought. Make it a plug too. Rich Dad Product was turned down by every publisher in New York, right? So you know what you're talking about. And just yesterday, Publishers Weekly, which is the Bible for the book industry, Rich Dad Poor Dad is still number one across the world in personal finance. 25 years, 26 years this year. 41, 42 million copies? That's insane. Way, no, way beyond that now. It is? I think this month I'll sell a million one copies. It's still flying off. I mean, talk about it's, it's talk the about most, cash flow. If huh? you, yeah. If you go on to like Apple, like audiobooks or Apple books, it's the number one recommended book. Wow. In the financial and the entrepreneur section. And, and the thing that makes me the happiest, I didn't do it to show how smart I am. I did it because, same as you, I went to teach. And I'm concerned. You know, like I said, this is trash. But they tell you, go to school and work for this to save this. Oh, you got to be kidding me. And they're printing trillions of it. I think we printed more money in the last two years than we did the last 40 years or something. And people still trying to save that stuff. This is toilet paper. But they don't know. They're so attached to it. Or they buy stocks. I'm going. And Buffett just says he doesn't trust the CEOs and CFOs. They're lying. You know? So that's why you and I are control freaks. So all of you out there who want to be control freaks, listen to the show. <laughs> right. Because he knows what he, I, I can see he knows what he's talking about. Well, they need to give me five-star reviews. That's what they need to do right now. They need to go and uh, hook a brother up with some good positive reviews for this podcast so I can get more guys like Robert Kiyosaki on the show. With all this money, how do you make your money matter? What's that? How do you make your money matter? 
Like, what's important to you? Like, are you charitable? Are you quiet about your charity? Are you, because one of the purposes of this show is, is not just making money and multiplying money and living tax-free and all that stuff, but it's also, how do, how do we make an impact? Is your biggest impact from your view education? Or is it, hey, man, I take a lot of my money quietly and I'm doing these charitable things? Are you like, screw charity, I don't even touch that stuff? Well, I, don't, I donate to charities a lot, but though my wife and I have a plan is that we're going to roll it all into one big foundation, you know? And uh, so when we're both gone, it'll continue on with our mission. So all the money goes in there, plus it's a tax, it's tax-free at yeah, that it's, point. It's a, it's a power move. Yeah, so we, we give all our money back. And it goes on. To you don't want to give it all to the government and a big death tax or no, something yeah, like that? No, yeah, can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that foundation's purpose will be what? Continuing financial yeah, education? Yeah, the same. Yeah. And just keep the legacy going. Yeah. I love that. Well, that's what money's for, right? Yeah. So, money is just lifeblood. It's energy. You know, so when, so when I was at the academy in New York, they said uh, oil is the lifeblood of civilization. So when Biden cut off the Keystone XL pipeline, Cut the lifeblood to civilization. He's a criminal. Uh, and it's not what he's saying, it's what he's doing. So anyway, that's why, again, words and all this stuff, it's not about what you're saying, I'm watching what you're doing. And so when I came in here today, I said, I like what you're doing. I yeah. know what you're talking about. Well, you started off saying that, and we're ending saying that. So that's a that's a good thought for people to leave on because it doesn't matter who you vote for pay attention to what they're doing, not what they're saying. I think that's important. And most important thing for my two cents on that, Robert, is I can't control politicians. I can't control prices or the economy or the weather. I can't control a lot of things, but I can control my household. But you, can, you can control this and what you do with it. And what I do with it in my household. And you said a couple things here that really resonated with me. First off, I got two young kids it's important for me, for them to have positive inputs in their brain, in their mindset, in their thoughts. I'm, I, care, I choose my words very carefully around them. Right. I don't say the word problem. I say challenge. Hey, we have a challenge. I don't say we can't afford that. I say, how can, can we, we make that? this happen? What creative thing can we do to create the money? And I, a lot of that came from the financial intelligence that, yep, that you started this train and many people have have picked up on. And so thank you for that. I also always say the professors can't say they don't know something. It's a trap because they have to be the smartest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I uh, appreciate everything you're doing and, and how can we support you or give back? Is there anything that the listeners can do that Robert needs at this point in his life or a, where can they go to support you? No, it's it's the thing that makes me the happiest. It's like you said, your father gave me the book, the book, and I hear that more and more and more from young guys, because uh, they say my father gave, my mother gave, my teacher gave me the book, and uh, stuff like that. So that that makes me the, that's the greatest joy I have. Because so go get a couple copies of Rich Dad Poor Dad and hand it out to people that are well, important to you. If if you want to, I don't I don't like to tell people what to do. I'm telling them. 
That's what that's what I'm here for. I'll tell go get 10 copies of Rich Dad Poor Dad right now. Robert's really kind of sucking right now at book sales. We need to help him out. He can't be doing <laughs> 1 million in a month. We need to be doing 2 million in a month. So go get 10 copies and hand it out to some people. And I think that I mean, what a great gift to somebody who doesn't hasn't been exposed to that yeah. type of success language. I think having a positive relationship with money changes your life. Correct. And that's the greatest joy I have yeah. today because money's money got easy. You know, it's hard at first, but it got easier and easier. So now it's easy, but it's the greatest joy is people come like you coming up. My, my father gave me your book. Yeah. People, it, it trips me out that people are upset at Trump for not wanting to pay taxes. And I'm like, that's the whole goal. Why would I want to give money away to somebody who doesn't know how to spend it? Let me quote something what what Marx says. A progressive, uh, so that income tax is, anyway, income tax is essential for the spread of communism. And America was founded as a tax-free nation. It was called 1773, the Boston Tea Party. And ever since then, taxes kept coming back in. And now I don't trust my government because they, they just misspend it. Yeah, which is why I love real estate. Yeah. And when you walked in here, my first brag to you was, I bought this building and I'm just because of this building, I oh, wiped out a few million dollars in taxes. And you went, that's my guy. I can see, touch, and feel it. And then, but you use yeah. the words of a professional real estate investor. You know, I forget what you're talking about the cost seg and bonus depreciation. Yeah, yeah. And yep. Well, this is my life and I and I absolutely love it. And I want to inspire more people to to learn more about it. So. so I'm happy I came because I know you're a real teacher. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's end this thing strong, Robert. First off, thank you for coming. But I want to I want to uh, two things. One I'm happy if, I did come because I went holy mackerel. Because there's so much so many bullshit artists on the web, you know, on the, on the YouTube. Oh yeah. Like our friend. <laughs> well, you know, it's they're they're being rewarded because what they're saying is resonating. Um, but you know, it, it, everything will play itself out. Yeah. It all it always does. Um, if you could go back to Robert, young Robert, what advice would you give? Knowing you were about to take this journey, you were gonna stumble into this best-selling book, you were gonna go on this whirlwind of a life buying gold mines, silver mines, impacting tens of millions of people, speaking on stages all across the world, with doing things with the Trumps, like just big things. What would you go back to younger Robert? What advice would you give him? Well, I'll tell you the advice my rich dad gave me. And, you know, he wasn't a very religious man, but he says, you know, from, I think the book is Matthew or something. I'm not really religious either. He goes, and the word became flesh. And so he says, got to watch the words you use. So I've so one of the exercises my rich dad had me do when I was ten was because he owned a lot of property, low income, because which drove my poor dad nuts. He said, "You're exploiting people," you know. But a lot of the guys were back in rent. So he had his son and me, rich dad did, go and collect rent, and when we came back from that was a painful exercise. I mean, Trump told me he did the same thing. His father had him go collect rent. And you hear so much bullshit. You hear every lame excuse, this, that, this, that. And so Rich Adam was sitting in his office. We used to play Monopoly to teach me. And he goes, so what did you learn? I said, the words I heard from those people not paying rent are the same words I hear from my father. 
And so one of the one of the things my rich dad forbid me from doing is use the word I can't, the words I can't. Because the moment you see you can't, your brain shuts off. So the reason I have so much is I don't say I can't. I, you want to buy this gold mine? I said, oh, how can I do it? So I took that gold mine public on the New York Stock Exchange in July of 2022. But if I had said, oh, I can't do that, it's beyond me, I'd never have done it. So the message I'll pass on to everybody is the same message my or lesson my rich dad told me is be careful to choose your words wisely, choose your teachers wisely. But the most destructive words are I can't. I love that. That's amazing. All right. Listen, guys, I couldn't have been more honored to have the great Robert Kiyosaki on the show. If you got something from, from this show, make sure you share it with somebody else so they can learn some of this stuff. Go buy a couple copies of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, hand it out to some friends. And, uh, you know, hook me up with a five-star review. If you like amazing guests like this, you know, Robert came on this show uh, as a, um, you know, just me calling him up and just saying, hey, would I'd be honored to have you on the show. He came on because he knew we were putting out super high quality content for you guys. So let's keep that ball going. I want to get more amazing guests like Robert on the show. So hit me up with a five-star review. And uh, until next time, we're out of here. Take care. Comb your hair. Peace. Hey, thanks for being a subscriber of the Clever Investor Show. As a thank you gift, we wanted to give you something that we know is gonna help you get started as a creative real estate investor. It's our real estate success kit and it's completely free. Just go to www.reisuccesskit.com to customize your kit, but essentially it's a collection of 15 training tools designed to help you get results quickly as a creative real estate investor. From systems to lead generation, to finding cash buyers, to creative ways to close deals and get paid. Your free REI success kit is just a few clicks away. Once again, the website's www.reisuccesskit.com.